because I just spent so much time building this up and getting to a point that is really somehow feels quite safe because I have this amazing team of people around me. I'm running a project, a label that's super fun with amazing people. Being in such a, what I feel is as safe as you can feel as a self-employed independent artist. And then to the destruction to come from within me, that sucks, you know? This is the It's Complicated podcast. It's Complicated is a web directory making it simpler to find the right therapist. No matter what kind of therapy you're looking for, It's Complicated offers a safe space to connect with a practitioner. Pay us a visit online at complicated.life. I'm Reese Cox, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the second episode. If you listen to the first episode... You'll recall an interview with Berlin-based artist Jan Darina, who was kind and brave enough to share his experience of struggling to balance mental health and a quickly growing music career. In this, in the following episodes, we'll be dovetailing off of Jan and I's conversation into a mini-series on mental health and the music industry. Today, I'll speak with Danish DJ and label owner Naya Vestberg, or as she is more commonly known, Courtesy. As courtesy, Naya has had a great deal of success in recent years as a touring DJ, maintaining a regular schedule consisting of multiple gigs each weekend, typically in different countries. Today, Naya and I will talk about what it means as well as what it takes to have a balanced life as a constantly touring artist. But additionally, and primarily, we'll discuss her experience with health anxiety, which, in textbook terms, is an obsessive or irrational fixation on illness or malady which exists only in the mind of the health-anxious person. Commonly, and in Naya's case, symptoms of minor and normal aches and pains such as a headache or stomach ache could, in the imagination, become fatal diseases or infections which weren't actually there. And while Naya or anyone else struggling with health anxiety may not be suffering from the illnesses they perceive, the perception of having such afflictions is in itself a taxing and even debilitating experience. Naya has managed to overcome her health anxiety, and in the process has become quite outspoken on the matter. Through this openness, she has discovered that sharing and honesty can be a critical step in the healing process. Not only is Naya a friend of It's Complicated, but her and I are also partners, and we recorded this conversation in the comfort of our own home. Now, here's the interview. Yeah, just... I feel that one thing is that I'm you know, my job is to perform and and to deliver. But the other half of it is just that they need someone who can show up on time. It means that you have to not miss your flight, not, um, not cancel shows. Because you can do that and then you can have maybe a year of touring. You can, you know, play with... You do one round of festivals, one round of club gigs... But if you burn all those bridges, you know, those are the people that are supposed to book you also in the future. And if you fuck that up, you know, there's no future for you in in this job. So there is this pressure of, you know, maintaining good relationships with people, 
um, at least if you want to do it more than one year. A lot of people don't. You know, a lot of people go in, they tour for a year or two, and then they find out it's not for them for whatever reason. Um, it can be very stressful that you have a job where you get sick and then you don't get paid. I've only tried this once ever, but it was quite an expensive tour and it was overseas and then you just have to pay for the flights. You don't get paid, you pay for the flights. Um, and that sucked, but uh, you can't, you know, if you're sick, you're sick. What are you going to do? So you found, you essentially had to find a model that works for you if you were going to continue this career and not end up uh, with burnout that's so common in the field. Um, but what about a point, just sort of as a as a as an example, what about a point where you did feel that you were in over your head? It's it's a mix of being capable of doing my job and then also being capable of being there for the people that I need to be with in my private sphere. Uh, so, you know, it's the pressure of performing and then also going home and being a good girlfriend. And the mix of those things are really difficult. I think, you know, being a good family member, being a good friend, all these it's kind of when you're doing this really intensely that almost becomes the only thing that you have energy to do and you start doing poorly on everything else or then you start prioritizing everything else and then you feel this like this fear of it starting to compromise your work you know and that's really difficult and sometimes i felt like a bad girlfriend and a bad dj in the same week where I feel I didn't have the energy to accomplish any of those things. And that sucks. That's the worst ones. And essentially you're talking about this, this problem of having a very demanding career, um, but also being a person who wants to have a fulfilling life and be good to the people that you care about. Which, again, going back to this problem where it's not like you're an employee, you're, in your career you're as good as your demand, um, in, a, in, a, in a sense. And if you can't, if you don't feel like you're doing a good job, if you're not doing a good job and you're not in demand, well, then the career suffers. I'm not, I don't pace myself that way because I think for me to be a good DJ is for me to have a lot of fun doing it. And I think people will catch up immediately if I'm totally stressing out about every detail I'm doing or pressuring myself too much and... So I have over time developed, I think, a healthy and very fun approach to DJing, which essentially, when I took that pressure off, that was when I became the courtesy that people know me as now. And when I stopped pacing myself and thinking that everything I do now is going to have these immediate consequences, that was when I became successful, essentially. Because it is... A long-term game it's different for me the big pressures now is just literally getting enough sleep so I don't go crazy and so I can enjoy my life and 
this year I had a tour where for some reason the jet lag affected me in a way where when I came back, I was not able to sleep for more than four hours in a row. And when you do that, you know, for months and months where you can't get a proper long sleep, that's horrifying. And it takes the quality out of everything else that you do and enjoyment of everything. So, you know, that's my currently has been recently one of my biggest fears was, am I going to sleep properly again? And what is this going to do to me long term? And is this something, will I be able to sleep properly long term being a DJ? And does this mean that I'll have to quit DJing to sleep again? That's scary because I just spent so much time building this up and getting to a point that is really somehow feels quite safe because I have this amazing team of people around me. I'm running a project, a label that's super fun with amazing people. Being in such a, what I feel is as safe as you can feel as a self-employed independent artist. And then to the destruction to come from within me, that sucks, you know? Is this a, a present fear? I mean, is this something that you confront a lot? It just got better recently, but we're talking three weeks now that I felt, okay, this is, I'm getting through this period and I'm going to be okay. But it was, you know, I had like, I had maybe, I had a couple of months where this was really intense and where I, I would look at any photo from me from that period and I could just see I looked different. You know, I had specific darkness around my eyes that I've never had before. Um, so, and I feel that that is passing now, but that was scary. So that's the stuff that stresses me out. It's not when you go up, you go down or these cliches there is about music careers. I, I feel very much in control. Maybe I'm being naive, but... I, yeah, my fear is not sleeping, for instance, is, is a big one. And of course, knowing you personally, I know that you have things uh, pretty amazingly well balanced considering the demands that are put on you. But I know just from uh, your past that it's been a bit of a struggle, like speaking specifically about uh, health anxiety, which is a really big subject. Do you want to give a background on your history of uh, dealing with? anxiety around your health and then deciding to speak about it openly? I guess I've always had a little bit of anxiety towards my health. It's something that I was less aware of in Denmark because we have universal health care and you don't have to pay the doctor's bills that comes. You don't, if you go to the, to the doctor pretty often, you you don't notice as much as you do moving to a country like Germany where I had to claim back my doctor's bills and I started realizing the extent of how much I was actually going and for what. I Now I can look back and see that I have, every time that I would go through a breakup or a friend breakup or a family 
you know, I had an uncle that died and I had a really hard time feeling anything about it. Also with the breakups and also with, you know, these friendship things that happen. And and then instead I would get this very quickly escalating health anxiety kind of almost felt like attacks because they would it would happen and then it would be very intense and I would get fixated on a pain in my body or my chest and this would you know change just depending on what article I had read about that person who got lung cancer at the age of 26 or but basically it was uh, I went through a breakup earlier in the year and it got very bad the health anxiety afterwards and I was I go to therapy and I was going through this CBT how what is it called CBT cognitive behavioral therapy Exactly. And I also just want to ask a clarifying question. If do you think um does a, does hypochondria is that an adequate term for to describe health anxiety or is it something a little different? I don't know. I don't really know. In psychology they call it health anxiety. Maybe it's you know, maybe it is hypochondria, maybe maybe you use different wordings because of the negative connotations with the word hypochondria. You know, I've always it's something that you tell someone that's when you're not taking them seriously, basically. And, you know, that's the opposite of what my psychologist is doing. She took it very seriously. And the the actual, you know, within the treatment, it's called health anxiety. But it basically just means that you will react very strongly to any physical symptoms you have, and then you just think of the worst possible thing it could be. A little, you know, a slight pain in your heart is some kind of heart disease that you have self-inflicted. You know, side pains, lung cancer, stomach pains, another form of cancer, you name it. It People have many different things that they point at. Um, but, and also another really clear sign or symptom of it is that you think that you're not going to be able to overcome it. You think that you will die or you won't be able to manage it. Um, so that was the situation I was in and it was very bad. And I had woken up one morning and one of these, you basically, I would get these home assignments from my psychologist called modules. And one of these modules, there's these questions and I have to write down the answers. And one of the questions was, how does health anxiety affect you? And I just sat down this morning that had been particularly bad. This was a period where I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would have these chest pains. And you, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you have this kind of anxiety and you can't, and you're alone and you, 
you know, it's not like a time where you can like call someone and like they can talk you down or whatever. You're just totally alone with it basically. But, um, yeah, I just sat down, like I woke up, grabbed my computer and then I answered this question and I wrote this long answer and just read it afterwards shortly. And then I sent it to a friend and I said, I kind of feel like sharing this or posting it. And I'd never written anything that raw and then thought about publishing it. You know, um, generally Facebook posts are well thought and has a purpose of communicating something that you want to promote or tell people. And for this, it was just, it was like sharing a piece of diary, but it seemed appropriate. And it also was just, I'm sure people knew something was up. Maybe not my fans, probably not people that I don't know, but people knew something was up and it felt a lot easier to just share this one thing and then tell people. And can I ask you to read what you wrote? I could read I could read some of it. Yeah. Can you find it? I worry about my health every day. During periods where it's really bad, I look at all the future gigs I've accepted and the plans I made with my label, and I think, yeah, it's cool that these things are happening, but I won't be around when they actually take place. I wake up in the middle of the night and feel weird sensations around my chest, and I have a deep fear that all the partying I did over the years did some kind of irreversible damage to my heart, which will suddenly stop beating. Sometimes the tightness around my chest even starts when I'm playing, and I try to keep a happy face while I worry about my perceived heart condition in front of a room of partying people. The worst thing about this is that I don't fully enjoy my life. I have many moments of happiness, most of them while I'm playing, having conversations with inspiring people, or hanging out with my best friends and their children. But the majority of the time I worry, and I daily consider if I should accept anxiety medicine that the, that the psychiatrist offered me when my doctor referred me after a bad cycle of thinking I had multiple different kinds of cancers over a couple of months. At the end of the post I write, it's hopefully clear to anyone that has seen me play recently that I love DJing so much. As I said, this is one of the places where I most of the time don't worry. And if I do, it's a real bummer because the booth is my sacred place. What do you think it was that motivated you to, to make this public? It wasn't really well thought. I didn't think it through, honestly. Mm. I I don't recommend people to do that, but... I just, I, there was just something in me that felt that I wanted to share this and I couldn't, you know, I can tell you afterwards all the good and bad things that did happen afterwards and how, you know, that affected me, but it was just an immediate, you know, the same feeling you want to talk to your friends about your feelings, but here 
there is just something that naturally inclined me to want to share this. I don't think I've ever felt that way about something that uncensored and and honest before because it would feel, feel way too vulnerable, maybe. Yeah, which it also did. But the response was quite overwhelming. I did. I ended up just posting it in a couple of pictures on Instagram, and I got hundreds of messages from people thanking me for sharing it because it turns out I'm not the only one that feels this way and and has anxieties specifically linked up on this. And I knew probably I knew one person before that I had heard kind of dealt with some of the same things, but that person hadn't at that point shared that with me yet. So I was very alone with it. You know, that's probably also one of my motivations for sharing it. Yeah, I just got so many messages, so many people. I couldn't, there's so many, there's no way I could answer everyone. It's physically impossible for me, especially, you know, this being a period of, quite a stressful period in terms of my anxiety but I only got the most amazing messages actually I think that had not been caused by the amount of gigs I was playing my health anxiety now I see a very clear pattern and it's completely linked to my private life it is not a gig touring thing it is a way that I deal with trauma which is not very helpful and it's you know can be quite inconvenient but it is you know it's not a dj disease it's as i learned it's something that many people suffer from and when i shared it and i got all these messages you know the same day i was biking through friedrichshain and i was at a red light and this woman came up to me and she just said, I just read your post and she gave me a hug. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. Um, and it was just a really, it ended up being an enormously healing process for me because I think when you deal with this kind of stuff, you feel like, yes, it's statistically unlikely that I have XYZ disease, but the statistics don't matter to the individual. When you get hundreds of messages from people that have experienced more or less similar things to you, you think they are probably not. My rational brain can totally take over and see these people are not sick. And for me, that was a massive healing process that because of me seeing how common this was and then me, I could kind of look back on myself and realize that as unlikely as I feel that these people probably, as unlikely as it is that these people are sick, I could reverse that and mirror myself in that. So it didn't happen immediately, but this post and sharing it became a massive step in me learning to deal with this better 
and lowering my anxiety in general. And, you know, I had some people, when you're a person that shares stuff like this, it makes a lot of people really uncomfortable as well. And I I have learned that over the last couple of years that you will lose people in your life if you are sharing what they perceive as the private. And that has consequences. I, you know, I would maybe tell them about the positive impact it had on me. And some of them would understand, but essentially it just makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah. And in terms of uh, impact, um, a question just came to mind. I mean, when you made this, when you started talking openly about your your health and considering uh, greater dimensions of the way that this job impacts your life and you decided to speak publicly about what you've been struggling with, did it change your understanding of what it could mean to be a public figure? Yeah, it actually did. I think it made me a lot more... I well I've talked I've been pretty open in interviews before you know I am I probably would be in the category of oversharing um and have definitely done that before so it isn't the first time that I experience people coming to me and saying that they felt that they felt not alone in me sharing something personal but I do think that's a very powerful and yeah, very meaningful thing that you can do when you are in a position like me where people listen to you and you have a voice. So I'm definitely aware of that. Having gone through this whole experience and yours, you mentioned that it isn't, it isn't a DJ disease. It's not because of the flights, because of the gigs, because of the so on and so forth, the partying, whatever it is, it's something very personal to you and related to the way that you deal with trauma. Was there ever an anxiety about a potential illness, something that you know wasn't actually there? Did it ever feel like that was brought on by having to stay up, by having partied, by having spent years of having sleep deprivation? I think anyone that's been in the party scene for as long as I have, which is a couple of years, you know, have fears about what the partying, the alcohol. I honestly think the health anxiety would have been there no matter what, if I'd been a DJ or not. I think the stress, mental stress, for me, the main mental stress of DJing comes from the way that this lifestyle affects my private life and the opportunities of, you know, am I going to miss out on big things in life because I choose this job? You know, am I going to have kids? Am I going to have good, healthy relationships? Am I going to see... My friends' kids grow up. Am I going to see my family enough? Is it going to be worth it? 
I think those things, a lot of touring artists already made that choice that this is, you know, a lot of people don't want these, let's say, normal things out of life where for me this has caused me a lot of stress because I've felt it quite hard to see how I was going to get all of it, you know, as a woman, as, you know, there's some other physical aspects of this. I I think that that kind of stuff stresses me out more, for sure, than the consequences of the partying does that, you know, that was kind of more in the past. Right. So it's bigger. It's more like, what is this going to, what could this possibly prevent? Or not necessarily prevent, but what's it, what are the things in life that this is going to make more difficult? Yeah. You said also, you said, uh, is it worth it? Is it going to be worth it? Yeah. What, what would make it worth it? Well, the thing is, I love DJing. I think it's an incredible, it's incredibly fun. And there, I feel unbelievably connected to people. And I do, I didn't feel this much when I was younger, but I do feel like that I make a difference for people. I can see the response that I have a positive impact on individuals. It's not just about going into a random room and playing music. It's bigger than that for me. So for me, when I talk about being worth it, it has nothing to do with if that time is spent well or not, because it is. It's all the surrounding shit. And I think it's also just about me getting better at not being greedy, you know, not taking too many gigs. Think about how the distance between where you're going and the impact you're having on the world in terms of flights and being more, I guess, more mindful in the way that I approach the planning of my schedule so that it feels like, so it will have less of a negative impact on my personal life and, you know, the world, basically. You chose this career and you continue to choose this career and you continue to make choices that are going to enable you to stay in it. Obviously, you have a lot of motivation for it. Like, it's clear that you really love what you're doing. Yeah. What makes it worth it? It's obviously a combination of different things. For one, as I already talked about, the joy of the actual performance that, you know, I just get to play music very loud that I love. You know, another thing that the reason that this fits really well with my personality type is that I'm a massive control freak. And if there's anything that gives you the sense of control, it is controlling a dance floor. And learning over years how to engage with that and to do different things with it. And that gives me a lot of pleasure. And there's not 
there's very few other things that can make me, you know, there's a specific feeling I get in my body when I'm DJing a certain kind of euphoria or, or pleasure that I physically feel when I'm DJing from this interaction, from the, you know, from all these access meeting of the music, the interaction, the, the aesthetic pleasure of looking at people. For me, it's very important that I can see people when I play and the sense of control. And I can only get that through DJing. And that's a really big motivation for me because I don't, I just don't, I don't feel that anywhere else. listening to a conversation between Courtesy and myself, Reese Cox. If you'd like to learn more about Courtesy, check out the show notes for a full list of links where you'll see articles, videos, and the website for her label, Kalur. On the next episode, we'll be continuing our investigation into mental health in the music industry, only this time from the side of the practitioner. I'll be speaking with Florence Otto, who is a coach and counselor living in Berlin, whose background is in the business and management end of club music, and she has since become a coach and counselor, working with artists, DJs, and individuals in the creative field. The theme music for today is Sync by Casper Murat, who is an artist who releases on Naya's label, Kalur. Thanks again for listening. I'm Reese Cox, and this is It's Complicated. It's Complicated is a web directory, making it simpler to find the right therapist. No matter what type of therapy you're looking for, It's Complicated offers a safe space to connect with a practitioner. Pay us a visit online at complicated.life.